Welcome into the Great Scott Show on a Monday. Happy to have you with me this morning, everybody. We got plenty in store for you today. Hope you had a great weekend. We're digging in to the NBA Finals. The golf war of worlds right now. The Tampa Bay Lightning and Colorado Avalanche will go at it in the Stanley Cup Finals. And, of course, college baseball. Dave Schultz. You remember Dave. Shut up, Dave. Will join me via the phone line in the 8 o'clock hour. He's in Mobile. We look forward to talking to Dave about a number of those things I just mentioned and a little bit more. In NBA Finals, we'll dig into it. Game four was back on Friday. I feel like, I don't know. The NBA Finals used to do Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, and that was it, regardless of travel and everything else. And then a few years ago, they stopped, and they started taking the extra day between travel days, and then you didn't even have a game last night. You've got game five tonight, which Boston has not lost this postseason one time after a loss. They're undefeated coming off of a loss. Does that change? Do they go into San Francisco or wherever they're playing now, the Chase Center? It ain't the Oracle in Oakland anymore. If Steph Curry plays the way he did Friday, the answer is Boston will finally lose two in a row in the postseason. But Coach Udoka was basically insinuating that they weren't going to do much different on Steph. He said, look, even though Steph did the things he did, we still win that game if we hadn't have fumbled it away offensively a number of times. And he's not wrong. If Steph drops 40 or 50, but Boston wins, they really don't care. But it was one of those nights where Steph just had an answer for everything, everything. And it was a must win for the Warriors. This feels like a must-win for both teams tonight in a weird way. I always felt like this series was, you know, I don't know. I, I've overlooked Boston so much this year, and they finally kind of slapped me out of it in game one of the series and thought Golden State would win this series in five. Obviously, it's going six or seven. And, and Boston, again, hadn't, hadn't lost back-to-back games yet this postseason. A lot of pressure on them. We'll have the game for you on our airwaves tonight. Game five of the NBA Finals. You know, when it comes to teams that that sports fans love to hate, there were a lot of sports fans that just began to hate the Miami Heat in 2011. Maybe they didn't have a strong opinion about the Heat before, but they began to hate the Heat because of the decision. Not everybody, but a lot of fans. At the time, this is 11 years ago, they didn't like the thought of super teams forming in an offseason, despite the fact that there had been super teams before. But the openness about it, the free agency and, and, and taking my talents to South Beach and thinking, you know, not five, not six, not seven. And then it was like, oh, I don't like this team. Now, with every team that's hated, there are plenty of people that love them. The Dallas Cowboys of the early 90s, back when they were actually relevant for what they did on the field instead of for just being the Cowboys. Let me tell you something. If you're too young to remember... 
that team was hated. And Cowboy fans loved to be smug and rub it in everybody's face because they were arrogant, they were braggadocious, and they won. And they won big. And I was mentioning the Heat. They ended up winning back-to-back titles during a stretch. Not in 2011. They lost to the Mavs, but they won against the Thunder the next year and the Spurs the next. See, a lot of teams that fans love to hate Win. But what do the Cowboys have? What do, the, what do the, the Miami Heat of the early 2010s have? They have rings. In the world of baseball, in the world of college baseball, I had never seen a team in a single season become as despised as the Tennessee Volunteers were. Now, college baseball isn't the sport, doesn't have the following, doesn't have the viewership, doesn't have the popularity of the NFL or the NBA. I get that. I get it. So if you haven't been following college baseball this year, Tennessee was an absolute juggernaut. You probably heard me talk about him. You probably heard Jay Walker and I talk about him on Tuesdays. You heard me talk about it with Brad Topham. I mean, they had inc- I mean, they, they just they just skull drug teams. They also flipped off opponents whenever they rounded the bases, perpetually whined over balls and strikes. They pimped a lot of home runs, a lot of bad flips. Their head coach got tossed for chest bumping an umpire. As far as baseball goes, needless to say, there were a lot of college baseball fans or traditional baseball fans that did not like Tennessee. Now, I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't root for Tennessee. I admired how good they were. And I, I thought, look, the number one overall seed has not won the College World Series since 1999. I thought for the first time in the 21st century it was going to happen this year because Tennessee was just that good. But being that good or being the best team doesn't guarantee you anything because we don't crown the best teams in sports. We crown champions. If the best team always won, there'd be no such thing as an underdog. And Notre Dame who felt like they should have been hosting, who went to Statesboro last week and won that regional, who was viewed as a big underdog against Tennessee in the Knoxville Super Regional, won on Friday and won yesterday and eliminated the Tennessee Volunteers. And many were celebrating that fact, not because they root for Notre Dame, but because... They felt Tennessee was classless. I mean, and three of seven SEC West teams are headed to Omaha. A fourth Auburn could do it. They're playing Oregon State tonight. But if you were saying, oh, SEC teams will have this many in Omaha, you would have, you would have put Tennessee in there. 
But no, they're going to be remembered for their braggadocious ways and getting beaten at home in a Super Regional as the number one overall seed. Now, here's what I think about Tennessee in all their braggadocious ways. I think they'll call it swagger. Others that root against it will will call it them being a-holes. But whatever side, however, however, whatever goggles you want to view this through, they were good for college baseball. And I hope that they come back next year and are still dominant and still just as braggadocious. I won't be rooting for them, but that is good, especially in a sport like college baseball. The amount of tweets on my timeline celebrating Tennessee getting beaten by Notre Dame because they just didn't like Tennessee. A team that several years ago was 7-21 and in the SEC. You see, unlike... the Heat, or the Cowboys, as I referenced earlier, Tennessee managed to get so many individuals that follow a sport to despise them, and they've never even really won anything big by their standards. They've never won a national title. And so when they got eliminated by Notre Dame, and a lot of people brought up the... 07 New England Patriots. I didn't go that route. I didn't go that route because the Patriots have plenty of Super Bowls. No one really cares. I mean, I say I shouldn't say no one cares. I get why you would think of the 07 Patriots. I mean, they were completely undefeated and then they they won it all. Multiple times. They completely undefeated. They go into the Super Bowl and then they lose to the Giants. But they have skins on the wall. The 05 USC team that lost in the Rose Bowl to Vince Young in that 41-38 classic. They had won a championship the night the, the, the year before. They have the championship batters. UNLV. They were coming off a national championship the year before. Yeah, they were 34 and 1. And it was a giant upset and they they are look the teams I just mentioned are some of the best teams in sports to have not won a championship. But who I thought of yesterday when Tennessee went down was the 2001 Seattle Mariners. The 97-98 Utah Jazz, though they're kind of an outlier because they did have to play the Bulls. But that team that year, that Jazz team, it's they probably would have won an NBA championship any other year. They just happened to be playing at a time when Michael Jordan and the Bulls were at their peak. The 98 Minnesota Vikings. The 82-83 Houston Cougars team, five slam and gemma. The reason I compare the 2022 Tennessee Volunteers to those teams is because those teams and their fan bases have never won a national championship. 
Now, I'm not talking about the Tennessee Volunteers in football or women's basketball or anything like that. I'm talking specifically about Tennessee baseball. They've never won a national championship. The Minnesota Vikings have never won a Super Bowl. The Seattle Mariners have never won a World Series. The Houston Cougars have never won an NCAA championship. They never won an NCAA tournament completely. They've been to plenty of Final Fours. The Vikings have been to conference championship games and a Super Bowl. The Mariners, eh. The Jazz have been to NBA Finals. They've never won it all. And the difference between Tennessee and those teams I just mentioned, is that I'm I'm not speaking for everyone here, okay? I'm speaking for the majority. The majority of NFL fans in 98 didn't hate the Minnesota Vikings. I'm sure Packers fans did, right? I'm sure there were some, but... Oh, my gosh. Randall Cunningham, he's having this comeback year whenever he was done. Randy Moss, this guy's excited. Everyone passed on him. Are you kidding? They were just trouncing teams. But they had. it's not like they were coming off these championships. So there wasn't this, oh, my God, I can't stand him. 97-98, as much as people hate on the Utah Jazz now and don't like John Stockton and Carl Malone now, in 97-98, you were either you were divided on the Bulls. They either they were they're probably the most popular team. But my point is the Jazz weren't this despised team. If you were rooting for the Bulls, then yeah, you probably hated the Jazz in those finals, but it wasn't it wasn't like halfway through the season. It's like, look at this group. Are you kidding me? The 01 Mariners. Oh my gosh. It was like, man, this would be good for that team. This would be good for that city. Hopefully they can do it. They, they couldn't even get to the World Series. And then five slam and jamma. It still is crazy in my mind that they didn't win a national championship. And the 82-83 Houston Cougars team was great. The difference is, it, it wasn't like those teams were despised. Tennessee had such a large contingent of critics who did not like them. And so they're similar to those teams that I referenced in that they were an incredible team that had the talent, probably should have won it all, and didn't win the championship. Kind of like the 98 Vikings in that they didn't even get there. I mean, Tennessee didn't even get to the College World Series. Kind of like the 01 Seattle Mariners, they didn't even get to the World Series. But the difference is Tennessee managed to basically skip three steps and become a team that a lot of folks despised, at least those that follow college baseball closely. You're listening to The Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll open up phone lines, 337-269-1077, 337-269-1077. You can give me a holler. We'll open up the phone lines right now. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Uh, Tennessee was jinxed by someone. I don't know if it was on this station or what. Uh, someone asked a host, "Man, the Tennessee team, man, where do you rank them as one of the great, the one of the greatest all-time teams in college baseball?" I'm like, "Wow, this team even make a World Series? Are we talking like this before they even get to the World Series?" I didn't lost. say. I didn't say that, but I did say. I did ask did Brad get- Topham, I did ask him if I gave you a bet on Tennessee or the field before it started to win at all, who would you take? Now, he said he'd take the field, and he pointed out that it's been a long time since 
you know, number one overall seed had won it. I said, yeah, but there hadn't been a number one overall seed like this. Now, I didn't, I didn't rank them anywhere all time. Um, now, they're going to be remembered, you know, with, with the likes of the 98 Vikings, the 01 Mariners. That's what they are now. And that's a, that's a list of great teams, and none of them want to be on that list. That's where the, the 2022 Tennessee Volunteer Baseball team is going to be. And everybody says, oh, well, they'll come back. They'll be back. That, you, you never know, man. You never know in sports. I mean, this, I, 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 they totally just gagged. They totally blew it, man. When you, when you were naming those teams, one team that, that you know, I, I talked about this team last week was the 93-94 uh, Seattle Supersonics. Uh, that team was one of the best teams in the league that year, and they was eliminated in the first round. Yeah. Um, I felt that team could have uh, won the title. Think about it, last uh, year before, they took the Phoenix Suns to seven, to seven games in the Western Conference Finals um, for them to lose to Denver. So when you when you were naming those teams, I was thinking the 96 Broncos, but Green Bay would have beat them, I think. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, and I think the fact that the – I like your. I like you mentioned the Sonics because the Broncos ended up going on and winning titles, and I do think yeah. that changes how you're viewed. Like if the Vikings had come back the next year and been good and won a championship, or if the Jazz had done it, or if the O one Mariners had, like if you come back and win the title, it feels different. But to your point about the Sonics, I guess why I didn't think about them, and I think they get lost a lot, is because they're completely overshadowed by the team that beat them. Like you, the conversation is, oh my God, the greatest upsets ever, and this eighth seed, and and the Nuggets did it. Like that's that's why I think they get forgotten a lot in terms of just how good they were. It's like, oh, wow, the Nuggets were an eighth seed, yeah, but do you realize who they beat and how good they were that year? I mean, they were weren't they like sixty three and nineteen? They didn't even lose twenty games. Yeah, that year. they had a they had a crazy record, man. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought them up, and I didn't again. I didn't even think of them, and I think it's just because. You know, they're, they get forgotten because the other side of the conversation of all-time upsets. But, you know, all-time teams, all-time great teams that didn't win the championship. You know, heck. I mean, some people, like hockey people, will bring up, oh, maybe the Lightning just a couple of years ago. But it's like, yeah, but now they've won a couple since then. So you don't, I, I don't think, I think of the 0102 Sacramento Kings. I guess I, I could have added them to this list. I mean, they were 61 and 21. It's, But, you know. Robert Orr's yeah, three-pointer you know, in game four and all that. Oh, Ford hadn't hit that shot, they would have beat him. Uh, yeah, but not. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, 27 free throws in the fourth quarter of game six for the Lakers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, NBA Finals, man, I heard you talking about it earlier. Yeah. Boston, I just don't get it. Boston basically, Boston basically lost that game. Yeah, Golden State won, but Boston lost that game. Hero ball, too, too much hero ball, too, too many threes. When you have, uh, I think this is a recurrent theme, I guess, in this series. The paint is open, but hey, let's kick it out. We got to kick it out. You know, we just never know. We can't, you know, three for two, two for threes, whatever. <laughs> Man, take what they give you. And play defense on the other end. I don't. I give Curry his credit. You know, I'm, I'm a. Uh, I think a critique here, his game. here's here's what I think about Steph Curry. As much as the media will use him as a talking point of, oh, he's 
I love. <laughs> Why don't people call him out more? Well, whenever like that's like a talking point on a hundred different shows, it seems like guys. It's like it's like the same thing of man. No one talks about this guy is overrated. Well, when everybody is saying that, he's probably not over uh, overrated or underrated, right? It's one of those talking points that everyone I think is latching onto. I think this has been Steph's best finals performance ever in this series. I think he's been great now. Draymond Green hasn't been – Draymond Green was kind of like Ben Simmons on Friday. Like nine boards, eight assists, totally afraid to shoot the ball, completely afraid to shoot the ball. Um, Boston feels like the better team, but Steph's the best player in the series, and maybe that's some kind of equalizer here. But I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see what happens tonight, man. Tatum needs a big night. Where, where's Tatum? Like, he needs a big night. He hadn't, he hadn't been the best – player on his team in this series. Now, he's the best player on his team, but he hadn't been in this series. And you're right. I'm getting tired of the whole Kobe Bryant connection. I'm getting tired of hearing that. You know what I mean? Uh, just Texting, texting Kobe's old like, phone number, wearing his wristband, it's like, okay, okay. Let's. My thing is this. If you feel that way about Kobe, sign with the Lakers whenever you become a free. I don't want to hear this. Uh, you, you know. Um, it must be weird for Celtics fans. You know, like, and with respect to to Kobe Bryant, I'm not this. I'm not trying to make it about Kobe, but it must be weird to like Boston Celtics fans. I, I don't know, man. As much as those 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 franchises bicker and banter, and their fan bases who are somewhat delusional at times go back and forth about who's the best here and there. Laker fans must be like, come on, your best player worships, you know. A guy that you, that used to play for us. He he literally texts him, and he's passed away, and he wears his wristband all the time. He is cosplaying as Kobe Bryant. Like there was one, there was I don't remember if it was game two or three where he showed up in like gear that Kobe Bryant wore to game three of a finals like many years ago, like identical gear. It's like that's not by accident. He's literally cosplaying as him right now. But you know, it's it's something to talk about. It's finals coverage, whatever. Basketball wise, Tatum needs to have a big game tonight because he's he's been okay, but he hasn't had one of those one of those superstar games in this series yet. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you one more thing, man. I'm gonna get back to the college baseball. Um, that Carolina team in 2000, they only lost what? Uh, that South Carolina team in 2000, they only lost five games, right, up to that point. Yeah, I I don't I don't remember their exact record, but I. Maybe. I'd have to look it up. I don't remember their exact record. All right. Yeah, okay. you're right. I got um, it. They were 56 and 10. Oh, 10. 56 and 10. Um, okay. I thought they, were 37, they were 37 and 4 at home. And, you know, we know it. We know how that season ended for them. Yeah. But, Scott, you know, you they've, 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 they've won it all a few times. So, I, I guess, again, it, for me anyway, I don't, I don't think of them as much – uh, as I do, you know, some of the other great teams. I mean, we're talking about great teams that didn't win at all. I mean, I, the 2014 Raging Cajuns, you know, to be 58 and 10, to to be the number one ranked team in the country in every poll at the end of the season. Now, they weren't the number one overall national seed, but they didn't even get to a College World Series. That's that's one of those dominant teams that, that didn't win at all. Hey, <laughs> Noah, it's funny. I'm going to let you go. Tennessee volunteer fans was like, Peyton Manning, please leave the stadium. We don't need you here. <laughs> I thought that was funny. You know, I guess they look at him as a jinx, you know. Um, uh, that, that's, that, is, that is funny. I didn't even think about that. 
Like when it comes to college, man, I mean, you you, be, you you make things great, but not good enough to win it all. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm Thank good. You. Peyton Manning was so damn good in college, and with respect to Charles Woodson, Peyton probably should have won the Heisman that year, but he just they couldn't win it all. They couldn't beat Florida. The year he's gone, his first year gone. T. Martin from Mobile. Starting QB for the Volunteers. Undefeated National Championship. That 98 Tennessee football team was good. They were good. And uh, J.R. Collar just brought up, you know, South Carolina in 2000. I, that's, a, that's a good one. As far as great teams that didn't win at all. They ran into the Raging Cajuns. ESP and Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What's what's amazing to me, or what what is most impressive to me about the Tennessee baseball team is that they managed to skip a bunch of steps. I get why 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 some fans in 2011, we're like, I'm not rooting for the Miami Heat. Like, the Heat skipped a bunch of steps in terms of fans rooting against them. Even though the Heat had won a championship in 06, this was different. This had had nothing to do with it. It wasn't like they were winning five in a row. They just skipped a bunch of steps. And I would say the 06 NBA Finals, more fans rooted for the Heat than the Mavericks. And then in 2011, it it was complete opposite. But it made sense, right? We had a polarizing player like LeBron James. They formed the quote super team. They say not five, not six, not seven. You know, I, I get it. Folks wanted them to fall on their face, and they ended up playing really well. They got to the finals that year, didn't win it, and then they won the next two. Tennessee managed to like do what the Dallas Cowboys did without even winning a title. The early nineties Cowboys were so braggadocious, but then when and they were just beating the hell out of everybody. But then when they won the Super Bowl, oh, it was on for a lot of people. Like, wait, what? And then they won another one. They won three in four years, and everyone's like, oh my gosh. Tennessee didn't even get to a college world series. And managed to just get everyone to despise them. The 98 Vikings, the 97-98 Utah Jazz. The 93-94 Supersonics, the 01 Seattle Mariners, the 82-83 Houston Cougars college basketball team. Great teams. They weren't despised. It wasn't like everyone celebrated when the Falcons beat the Vikings in overtime in the NFC title game and were dirty birding all over the field. But when the Volunteers came up short... And Notre Dame beat him 7-3 yesterday and just beat him. Notre Dame just beat him this week. And it wasn't like there was all this weird, fluky stuff. And it was, They just straight up beat him two out of three. Ooh, there were a lot of people coming out saying, karma, deal with it. I hope they are just as good next year and just as egotistical and arrogant. And it... It gets people talking. It gets more eyes on the sport of college baseball. Six teams have punched their ticket to Omaha 
only two of which were national seeds, only one of which was a top eight national seed, that being Texas A&M, who the Cajuns played last week. We'll tell you about those six teams and still two more games to be played. Two more teams will punch their ticket today. This is the great Scott show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Don't go anywhere. My friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the great Scott show. Notre Dame popped Tennessee's balloon yesterday. Unbelievable. But that wasn't the only college baseball over the weekend, obviously. Super regional action still going on. Oregon State and Auburn. Super regional. Tonight, winner will advance to the College World Series. UConn and Stanford playing at 3 o'clock today. Winner will go to the College World Series. Your field so far, number five overall seed, Texas A&M. Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Arkansas, number nine national seed, Texas, and Ole Miss, who... Went to Hattiesburg, and they 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 gave it to the Golden Eagles, and they gave it to them pretty handily. Southern Miss had a great season. They won their regional. Their last game against LSU was memorable. And then they have a big moment in Hattiesburg where they are hosting Ole Miss, the last team in the field. And the Rebels beat them 10 nothing, and 5 to nothing. Bam, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Saturday and Sunday, Eagles done. The last time Ole Miss was in the College World Series was 2014. I was there for the moment when it happened. 
at the old Teague. Their their section was cheering loudly, going crazy, and many Cajun fans and players were there were tears that night. That was a good series. It went to a Monday night. It went to a decisive game three. It wasn't it, it wasn't fifteen nothing in two combined games. What Ole Miss did in Hattiesburg to a very good Southern Miss team that has the pitching they have was extremely impressive. It ain't how you start. It's how you finish. 38 days ago, Ole Miss was 7-14 and 14 in the SEC. Mike Bianco's seat was not just hot. It was on fire. And now Ole Miss's bats are on fire. The Rebels were the most disappointing team in college baseball five weeks ago. They began the season ranked number five in one of the final teams, dare I say, the last team in the field of 64 is going to the College World Series. It took them a while, but they figured it out. Unbelievable. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Phone lines are open, 337-269-1077. Unbelievable. You go for most disappointing, and oh, you got to fire the coach, and now you're going to Omaha. And playing really, really well. Sometimes it takes a while to put it all together, but when you do... To make it happen. I mean, they were that close. Had they not gotten into the field of 64, nobody would have been shocked. No one would have been like, oh, well, they, they, they got screwed. Everybody would have been like, you know what? They didn't deserve to. And how different do you look at the season? It's looked at as the most, probably the most disappointing season in the history of the program. Instead, regardless of what happens next, this will be an Ole Miss team that their school and their fan base will celebrate forever. Get in the postseason, get it done in the postseason, it changes the narrative forever. Get in the postseason, disappoint in the postseason, and you can be part of a group no one wants to be a part of, like the Tennessee Volunteers are now. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Scott Prather, good morning. Brad Topham, my friend. What is happening, dude? Oh man, I thought surprise you worked out. I could uh, get on get on with you for a little while and talk some college world series. Well, all right, let's let's do it, man. I I and I, I definitely do want to do it some more later this week when the whole field is set. Sure. But but uh, let 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 me quickly get your thoughts. There's two games left, right? You got Stanford and UConn today, and then you got uh, Auburn and Oregon State. And that, in terms of just how competitive it's been. That that I know Arkansas North Carolina was was a lot of fun. This might be the best series though thus far in terms of just the competition between the Beavers and the Tigers. Um, that one's tonight. Who do you think of these two these two matchups today? What teams are punching their ticket? You know I'm not betting against Stanford because of the depth of talent on offense. And man, that that Auburn series, I wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole betting wise. Either way, I really I can't call it. 
I think I think Stanford wins. I agree with you. I think they win, and I don't know that it's close. I think Oregon State's going to win, but it's gonna it's gonna be a great game. I'm thinking a very very maybe a one or two run game tonight. Um, but you got five teams in the field. Uh, excuse me, six teams in the field already. Having teams like Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Arkansas those are those are big name schools, big programs, huge athletic budgets. And yet, when the College World Series started, I don't know that. It may be Oklahoma a little bit, but people weren't picking Ole Miss, right? Not with the way they were playing. No. People weren't picking Notre Dame because they were like, look, they, they might they might win Statesboro, but they got to go to Knoxville. I don't know that, that many people were picking Arkansas. I mean, wh- what is your biggest surprise of the six teams that have already punched their ticket? My biggest surprise is that I was right on Notre Dame and Arkansas. I bet on both of them to win, and I'm actually surprised Notre Dame did it. You said you would but easily take thing, the field over Tennessee. Now, I, I didn't. I, I didn't. I, I didn't disagree with you, but I didn't think that Tennessee was going to come up short of the College World Series. Man, that you, you know. Oof. See, that's the thing. No, Arkansas. There, they do about things differently. Tennessee, to me, they have a ton of talent, but they're also. How can I put this? They, they got they got the wolf type mentality. They have what Deggs wants. When it gets going, they're going to jump on your throat. They have Look, they're going to have two outfielders taken in the top 15 picks in the draft. They're loaded. But Notre Dame never let them get going. And when you build your winning ability on the arrogance, on the adrenaline, if that doesn't get going, you can't start. Um, best example I can give you is a team that's built on speed and football playing on West Field. You take away their advantage, they have to find another way to win, and Notre Dame had their answer. I, I, I don't know how much of the show you've heard this morning. Um, I've been talking a lot about Tennessee, and you know when, when you talk about some of the great teams that didn't win a championship, you know a lot of people might bring up you know the, the 07 Patriots. Hockey fans will bring up the Lightning of just a few years ago. I don't think of those teams because they've won other championships. Lightning have won the last two, but but you know um, the 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 I think of like the 0-1 Seattle Mariners. I mean, they were 116 and 46, and they couldn't even get to the World oh, Series. Yeah. You know, I think of the 97-98 Utah Jazz or the 82-83 Houston Cougars uh, basketball team because. Those teams, the 98 Minnesota Vikings, those teams didn't win at all. They were the best teams in the regular season, but they've never won a championship, right? And Tennessee baseball has never won a World Series. But what they managed to do this year was join that group, a group of great teams that no one wants to be on, but also do something I think those teams didn't do, which was be despised in their sport those seasons. Like, it wasn't like there was oh, overwhelming God, yeah. hate for those teams. Now, had they won a championship and started winning more, that probably would have came. But it, it didn't because they, they, had, they didn't have a bunch of banners hanging. So there was – Tennessee managed to do what it took the Cowboys not that long to do. But the Cowboys of the early 90s, they were so braggadocious, right? They were so in your face about how good they were. But they won Super Bowls. And, and people, you know, Cowboy fans loved it. They rubbed it in everyone's face. And everybody that wasn't a Cowboys fan absolutely hated it. I have never seen a college baseball team more despised in my life 
than the Tennessee Volunteers were this year, and they've never even won a national championship, Brad. No. I heard Kyle Peterson say it, and I thought it was funny. He said there's more non-sanctioned merchandise on the streets of Knoxville than you'll see sanctioned merchandise in Omaha. Like one of the shirts I was selling best, Scott, we flip that in the middle finger, deal with it. And that arrogance without a fan base is, to me, why everybody hated them. So, for example, if LSU, if Arkansas, if Mississippi State acts like that, they've won it before. They've got a fan base built up more than just the people in their city. I would venture to say that people outside of Knoxville and most of them in Knoxville didn't give a dang about Tennessee baseball until three years ago. Now, all of a sudden, you're that arrogant? It, 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 and and I, I think you add into it the sport of baseball and the tradition of it and sort of the old school feel of it. And it's like college baseball doesn't have the following that Major League Baseball does, but there are a lot of baseball purists, right, that love the sport, that have followed it for a long time, and they follow college baseball. They didn't like the middle finger. They didn't like the pimping of the home runs. They didn't like the coach hitting the chest of an umpire. I, I, I said this. I hope that Tennessee is just as good next year and just as braggadocious because I think it's really good for college baseball. It gets people it gets people talking. I mean, I my timeline was just full of people that were so happy Notre Dame won and those most of them had never rooted for Notre Dame in their life. They were just so glad Tennessee lost, man. And now, I mean, Tennessee has one of the greatest regular seasons of all time in college baseball. Ole Miss was the most disappointing team in college baseball. And you go back, shoot, what's today? The 13th? I mean, let's just go back 10 days ago, right? Or let's go back Let's go back to morning of Memorial Day, right, when everyone woke up. Tennessee was looked at as a prohibitive favorite, all the rage, all the talk. And now here on June 13th, one team is celebrating a, a College World Series appearance. Their fans are all happy. And the others are miserable. It's it's just you get into the postseason, and if you can make strides, you can be celebrated forever. And if you fall on your face, you can become infamous. I mean, I, I just I love it, man. I love postseason. I love postseason anything, and I, I I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the super regionals because having Tennessee sort of be this big villain. It made it that much more fun, man. Personality goes a long way, and Tennessee's got a hell of a personality. They do. And, I mean, look, being the bad guy is fine. Now, if you tell me next year they're talented, I'll put money on Tennessee to get there. It's the reason I put money on Arkansas. I believe when you get that close, you you turn the corner. Remember what I told you about LSU and Southern Miss? I said I thought Southern Miss was win would win because they were more desperate. So they did. They got past that point of last year. What Southern Miss do? They didn't score a run against them. Now, Scott, I'll give you this. Two weekends left in the regular season, Ole Miss is making their plans for summer. And they go into Baton Rouge and sweep LSU, get a little bit of life back in them, and now all of a sudden they're going. See, the difference is Ole Miss lost their starting rotation to injuries. They had to figure it out. They worked through it. And when you work through things, you learn how to. Tennessee was look. Was it fourth most home runs in history? It's just insane. Just I mean, absolutely got, insane numbers. 
when you got guys come out the pin throwing 97 and that's the bad, that's the bad pitchers. I mean, they were loaded with talent, but they didn't, they didn't create wins. Um, I said the biggest problem for the 2021 Cajuns compared to the 2022 was that they didn't have any way to, to produce runs. They had to get hit. They had to get walked. They didn't have enough speed to just put constant pressure on other teams. And you saw what happened this year, top five in stolen bases. They got that. They found a way to create runs when they didn't deserve to score. That's why you get to the, uh, you know, you get to the regionals. ESPN Tennessee was living on the home run. And Notre Dame, and I'm sorry, those ugly blue uniforms that a softball team, I'm talking about slow pitch, would not have worn, went into Knoxville and beat them. And by the way, did you know the uh, pitching coach and one of the best players got tossed out? Uh, is Notre Dame a true threat in, in Omaha? Yeah. See, Notre Dame should have been a top eight national seed last year. They kind of got hosed. They won the ACC by four and a half games. That was the number two conference in the country, yet they didn't get a top eight. They ended up at Starkville. This year, they should have been hosting. They weren't, and all they did was go into everywhere. Yeah, they're good. Look, Link Jarrett was one of the two guys I thought should have got the LSU job. Link Jarrett or Godwin at East Carolina. Link Jarrett is a very good coach. And here's the other thing, Scott. Some of these schools' age we know has helped them, like Texas State. According to the announcers yesterday, eight of the nine starters were graduates. So you had a very old team. Old teams know how to play in any environment, and they know how to win. New braggadocious, our stuff doesn't stink team, ah, unless things go their way, it don't happen. And look, by the way, the last three innings was pitched by a freshman at Notre Dame. Yeah. This cat a year ago was in high school. Yeah. And he's in Knoxville just shoving it, a la Andy Grove. Look, uh, Jack Finley was spectacular out of the bullpen. Uh, Notre Dame has strong starters, Austin Temple, John Michael Bertrand. And they were a team that didn't have a ton of power in the season, but they showed a lot of it. Now, some of that, you know, maybe it's the ballpark over there. Uh, but. You know, I, I it's going to be fun, man. I mean, the field isn't completely set yet, but the Sooners matching up with the Aggies in the College World Series, which begins Friday, will be fun. fun. It's it's going to be good. But on one hand, Tennessee losing was a lot of fun, and on the other, not having that personality in Omaha, it, it's still the College World Series. But there, it, I, I I don't think. You talk about maybe at times it's like it's a pure sport fan bases. You have some nice. Uh, it w- there would have been no kumbaya in Omaha if Tennessee was there. It would have been basically seven fan bases versus Tennessee. And I don't know. I feel like that kind of would have been fun. Yeah, it would have. I mean, look, LSU took over because of the personality of the fun loving, right? The chanting, the, the cooking, the being friends with everybody. And that made them an Omaha beloved. Tennessee would have walked in there like the rooster in the hen house, and I'm, they, they would have been universally hated. But, Scott, how's this for you? We've talked about the Sun Belt had four teams in. Southern Miss is coming. ODU just missed. Um, Oklahoma is going to be in the SEC. Texas is going to be in the SEC. That was the national championship softball, and both of them are in the College World Series. To go along with uh, A&M, to go along with possibly Auburn, 
go along with Arkansas. So what do you think is about to happen in the SEC? It's about to be, uh, as far as Diamond Sports goes, um, that much more difficult, that much more dominant. They, they should have, I mean, I'm being serious. They should have a SEC East champion, a SEC West champion, and don't even mingle because well, it's going to do nothing but hurt them. They might have four SEC so West teams, and half of the, the, the College World Series field might be SEC West teams this year if Auburn wins tonight. Exactly. Um, so, and you mentioned Oklahoma and Texas being there. That's, what, six of eight if that happens when you look – it. Yep. Yeah, man, uh, college baseball continuing to evolve. But uh, once the field is set, Brad, this week, let's. I want to get your thoughts on the actual matchups. But uh, two more games left to be played, and then we'll have the whole thing set. And should be fun next week over in Omaha. Yeah, man. Friday we can Friday morning we can probably do a segment. I'll be in Las Vegas for my anniversary, but my wife will be taking her time get or sleeping at that time. <laughs> Maybe we can get up and do it. Maybe do so. Maybe, maybe I'll record some early with you. The last thing I want to do is interrupt your anniversary. We'll figure it out, man. Uh, all the best all right. to you well, and your wonderful wife. Blackjack, well. which well, you interrupted. If that's, that's the case, you'd still be up from the night before. So if you're, if you're, if you're doing Blackjack well, yeah, you're at yeah. you know, 8 a.m. Central time in Vegas, which I guess is, what, 6 a.m., then you probably hadn't gone to bed Ain't yet. No windows. So. We don't. We don't need. We don't need drunk blackjack top on the on the show. Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll record early in the week. I appreciate you calling That'll in, work. man. Thanks for your perspective. All right, brother. Have a good day. Thank you, Brad Topham. Checking in this morning. Golly, thinking about it, the SEC in baseball though. Let's say Auburn wins today at Oregon State, which I don't think they will tonight. I think Oregon State wins a close one, but maybe Auburn wins. Half of your your, your College World Series field is going to be SEC West teams. And then you throw in Oklahoma and Texas being there and the fact that they'll be in the SEC. And then in softball. And yes, we do talk about the Sun Belt a good bit and how much better it's going to be on the diamond with the new additions coming in. Diamond sports are fun, man. They're fun. And Tennessee was fun because you loved them or you hated them, and that made it fun. I didn't think there was any any anything in college baseball that could be more despised than the Vandy Whistler. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, there was a brief moment in time this year where the Tennessee baseball team was. Don't go anywhere. We'll take a quick timeout, come back. Shut up, Dave. Shut up, Dave. Dave Schultz joins me. In the next hour, this is The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a teen turn of speed by The Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show.
Welcome into the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. If you're wondering why in the hell Thunder Island by Jay Ferguson is playing, then you're just tuning in because it's a Yacht Rock song, which can only mean one thing. Shut up, Dave. Dave Schultz of uh, 105.5 in Mobile. Host, afternoon host, the game plan. Yacht Rock Connoisseur on the phone line with me this morning. Dave, good morning. How's life, buddy? Uh, life is good, Scott. Uh, am I the only one that uh, you intro uh, with Yacht Rock? I, I feel privileged. That's my ni- a nice walk-up song there. That is, you are you are undoubtedly the only one. But I, I've got it stored in the system for when Dave Schultz comes on. So That's appreciated. <laughs> What's going on, man? How is... Um... You're you're in Mobile. I know you guys cover a good bit of obviously Bama and and, and Auburn and the Tide and the Saints and stuff like that. How much of it is Auburn, and and what's the interest level in in their game as they're looking to be the fourth SEC West team to punch their ticket to Omaha tonight? Well, I'm certainly going to talk about it today. Uh, It was a great uh, you know dichotomy of pitching last night. The Auburn pitcher pitches to contact. The Oregon State pitcher. Uh, you know, tries to strike you out, and you had a nice four to three ball game. The bats for Auburn were quieted a little bit against who may be the best pitcher in the country. Uh, we'll see if their bats pick up again, um, like they had been throughout the first what four uh, games of the of the postseason. Uh, so uh, I think there's a lot of interest. There's certainly interest with me. They're playing right when when you have a team still playing in the postseason, uh, and God forbid they win today, that gives me another week of content. So. We're certainly rooting for the uh, for the War Eagles today. Tennessee baseball was a content machine because, <laughs> God Almighty, there it is. See, you see what I mean? There it is. He, they, they, that's that was how most people that follow college baseball sounded yesterday when Notre Dame got the last out. And I, <laughs> can you remember a team in sports, college or professional? that was as despised as Tennessee was, but that had never won a championship in that sport ever, right? Yeah, I don't That's a good one. You, you, you put that last caveat in there because, you know, for all intents and purposes, the Patriots went from the beloved team that won in 2001 that, you know, uh, beat the Rams to the despised in 2007 when they lost to the Giants. So, and I know they won a bunch beforehand, but I, you know that team was despised by everybody except us Patriots fans. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if there's been a team like Tennessee that nobody. That it, I mean, you're going to talk about the Canes, but they always, you know, the Hurricanes football always won. Nobody right, liked right. them, and, but they always won. It, it, it's like that. There hasn't like the, the the Cowboys of the early '90s, and like the Cowboys are kind of despised right. in general, but particularly of that era. But they they won. I mean, they won three Super Bowls in four years. That's why Tennessee is so unique. You know, I I thought of the '98 Vikings, not not in terms of despise, but for other reasons. I thought of the '98 Vikings, the '01 Mariners, the '82 '83 Houston Cougar, five slam and jamma. Um, you know, uh, someone brought up the '93 '94 Sonics last hour. Like I thought of great teams in sports history that had these amazing seasons, came up short, and have never won a championship, right? None of those teams ever won a championship, that sport. But Tennessee is different than all of them because none of those teams were, like, hated or despised by the masses. I mean, in college baseball, Tennessee had their fans, and then they had everyone else who was rooting against them. 
So I had, uh, on a Saturday morning, you know, uh, Peter Burns from the SEC Network put it out there that Tennessee had beaten Auburn 17-4 to on a Friday night. And this wasn't a game that was like 5 nothing, 8-1, 12-2, you know, 15-3, 17-4. It was Auburn leading Tennessee 4-2 to in the seventh inning. Seventh inning. And somehow they lost 17-4. to Right, and you're kind of impressed with that. Like, oh, my God, I put, you know, the hand over the eyes emoji. Like, oh, my God, that's impressive. And the Tennessee Volunteer fans came after me. Like, I wasn't complimenting them or something like that. I've been waiting for six weeks to hammer them after that because they're, they're cocky. Right? I, I didn't understand it. They didn't get the whole, yeah, it was 4-2, to two, but, you know, we erupted for like 15 runs in two innings. <laughs> and they deserve exactly what they got. They blew a 3-1 lead at home uh, uh, against Notre Dame. Uh, and we'll see. We may be, you know, this uh, SEC or the uh, NCAA championship may be without the number one seed, the number two seed, and the number three seed, depending on what happens today. If UConn and Auburn win, knocking out Stanford and Oregon State, the whole thing may be up for grabs. God forbid A&M win the championship. Oh, no. That may be almost as worse as Tennessee. No, oh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't. That's, that's not true. That's not true. Tennessee, <laughs> there's something about being, um, I don't know, They I, I, part of me wishes they were in Omaha. Not that I was rooting for them, but I was talking about this last hour. You would have had seven fan bases that would have, basically turn into us versus them. Um, and right. it's good. I, I, hope they're, I hope they're just as good next year and just as braggadocious because I think it's, I think it's good for the sport to kind of have a villain. They just managed to skip a bunch of steps of not winning titles before becoming that villain, which is impressive because I can't think of anyone that's ever done it that quickly in any of the sports that I follow. And baseball is so difficult like that. You know, that's, that's the thing about baseball. Anything can happen, right? So their starting pitcher yesterday was rolling one run through seven, and then he gives up back-to-back jacks, and boom, you're, you're, you're losing. And then all of a sudden your third baseman fields a high chopper and he throws it away, or the first baseman can't come up with it, and boom, you're losing by three. So, you know, that's the difference between, uh, you know, the other sports where usually the more physically gifted team wins. Not always. But usually, uh, but baseball is not like that. It's, it's just a different kind of game. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Dave Schultz, our guest. Um, who, who do you think, aside, because I know you would just say the 07 Patriots because that's your team, and it, and it makes sense. I won't just say that. Uh, aside from them, who do you think is the most talented team that didn't win a championship in any sport? Well, I think we forgot a couple of teams. Those Red Sox to the 70s were really good, right? They, they went to the World Series in 75. Uh, they were really good in 78, so about the last six weeks. So they lost out. But we've got to be talking about, like, the 73 Warriors. The 73 win Warriors, right? 2015, I mean, 2016 happened? Warriors. I mean, the reigning NBA champs had the greatest regular season record in NBA history. Steph had just won his second straight MVP. He was averaging at least 30 points a game, first player ever to do it that year. All this stuff. I mean, they were, they were, and they were up three to one. I, I, it's still crazy. Draymond Green turned into Draymond Green and cost his team a championship. Yep. Well, if they don't win this one uh, because Draymond hasn't played well, that's going to be just as much a part of his legacy as the good players. So we shall see. But I would put, yeah, I would think that the Patriots are up there and, 
The Warriors are up there. What about the 0-1 Yankees? They were pretty good, too. Yeah, and but they, they were. But short, I, I don't think they were as good as Seattle that Johnson. year. I don't think they were as good as Seattle that year. I think that's why you, you forget. I, I forget about the 0-1 Yankees because I just, I hear 0-1 baseball. I just, the Mariners were 116-46. You know what I mean? It was, it was, uh, yeah. It, 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 you know what? Cleveland, um, Yankees, Seattle. That was a that was a crazy year for baseball. Here's one that that I haven't brought up yet this morning, and one that you probably remember well: the 1990-91 UNLV run in Rebels. I mean, they oh, yeah. they hadn't lost. Their slimmest margin of victory in the regular season was 12 points. They had a 45 game winning streak over two years as they entered the 91 Final Four. And then in the semifinal, they're taking on a Duke team that they beat by 30 the year before in the title game. And they lost, I mean, to the Blue Devils, 79-77. I don't, I don't know if it's because Duke eventually became a team that people love to hate, that maybe you don't, they don't want to celebrate Duke maybe upsetting a team. But that UNLV team was as dominant as any team in sports history that didn't yeah. win at all. No, no, no doubt about it. You're absolutely right about that. I, I had a, uh, I had a professor or a coach or someone tell me the problem with that team was they couldn't imagine themselves losing. That it was a confidence thing, and then Sounds when like all Tennessee. of a sudden five minutes left to go in the game, and they're in a ball game, and that the other team hasn't wilted because they are so physically gifted and so dominant, and now we need to run a play. We're not really sure what to do. And that when they, you know that was that was a whole thing a lot with take the uh, take the Georgetown team that lost uh, that lost yeah. to Villanova right Villanova played them I think that was like the fourth time that Villanova played them that year right twice in the regular season once in the Big East tournament Villanova's not scared of Hoya Paranoia they know all about it they, they and then were, all of a sudden yeah. Georgetown's the one got to run a play at the end and they struggled against a team that couldn't miss the second half. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Dave Schultz is our guest. Um, speaking of the Warriors, what about this year's Warriors? They even up the series on Friday against your Boston Celtics, Coach Doki. Basically, he he insinuates that, you know what? Steph did his thing. We're probably not going to change much on defense because if we had done what we were supposed to do offensively, you know, we'd be up 3-1 in this series. And, and I feel like, look, Steph can go off. I think he's probably had his best NBA Finals ever. I think Boston has the better team. I think Golden State has the best player. Maybe that's an equalizer. But, but were the Celtics, you know, I had a listener last hour call in and say Boston was trying to play too much hero ball on offense in that game on Friday. Uh, where are you at with this series, the fact that Boston has not lost two in a row this entire postseason? Is that trend continue tonight or does golden state take a three, two lead? Yeah, I think golden state probably wins tonight back at home, but it's easy for a coach to say, if we had done what we did offensively, we'd be up three, one. Well, if you didn't go off offensively in the fourth quarter in game one, you, you would be down three games to one. So, you know, go shoot it like you did in the fourth quarter in game one and you'll win game five easily. See if you can be nine at 12 from three in the fourth quarter and you'll win. Um, I, but it's very interesting because I, I didn't miss. I was traveling for games one and two. I didn't see any of that. And then in game three, they couldn't stop the Celtics from going to the hoop, going to the hoop, going to the hoop. Like, well, why didn't, this, why didn't the Celtics do that in game one and game two? And then all of a sudden, we got it more down pat. Jeff Van Gundy pointing out 
that the Celtics are driving right. You got to stop the Celtics from driving right. Apparently, they stopped the Celtics from driving right in the fourth quarter, and then the Celtics were stuck shooting jump shots, and they didn't make them. Yeah, it. Um, I, I, we'll have it on our airwaves tonight. Everybody, ESPN Lafayette, ESPN Lafayette at Common, ESPN Lafayette app. I, uh, I, I just. I want drama in my finals. I want close games. I feel like this NBA postseason, which has had uh, considerably more double-digit games than single-digit games since the first round, has been a bit of a snooze fest. Now, Friday there was some entertaining moments here and there, and game one had the just crazy fourth quarter where Boston went off. I, I don't, we haven't had a classic yet in this series. We haven't had a classic game where you're like, you know what, I'm going to remember that play, that shot, that moment. I just hope we at least have one of those moments in these finals because I feel like this postseason, are you are you with me on that? Do you feel like it's been kind of boring outside since the first round anyway? Well, I think it's been a lot of fun. I, I, you know, we don't get a lot of whole lot of NBA play down here in, in Alabama because we just don't have a team to root for. We try to push the Pelicans a little bit, but, you know, that was fun while they had their run. Uh, but I tried, and we get a little bit of play when we start talking about it. Uh, because there's nothing else going on, although we do have the Auburn Tigers still playing baseball. It's just so much fun watching Luca and Brandon Ingram. And you want another hated team that lost? The New Jersey Nets. Nobody was rooting for them. I think it's been a lot of fun watching this. And I, I think the, the, the thing that we are talking about with too many three-pointers, we haven't had two teams shoot the three-point at the, well at the same time. And that's been the difference. Yeah. In, yeah. in any of these games, in any of these series. I mean, Golden State, didn't they lose by 55 in the playoffs? Didn't uh, Memphis beat them without John Moran? I, I don't know that it was 55, but yes, Memphis beat them in that game. I don't remember the final score, but yes, Memphis beat the, the, the hell out of them in that game. So that's, that's the thing. That's where the three-point shot is coming to play. One team is hot and the other team is not. And so then we get the discrepancy. And, and even if one team is hot for three quarters... Boston gets hot for the last quarter, and they go off and win. They're down by double digits. They end up winning by double digits. Uh, but I, I've, the uh, the NBA Finals that I've seen and the playoffs that I have watched, I've enjoyed. Um, we have not had that. You're right. We have not had that one iconic, you know, are they going to be able to run a play? Haven't had Kawhi in the corner make a shot or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed round one. Now, part of it was the Pelicans. But you know how it is, Dave. You know, you get into – like super regionals have been fun, but regionals were fun, right? The, the the best part of the NCAA tournament usually most years is the first two days. I think, sure. you know, the first or second round of the NFL playoffs often is, you know, just because you just have a lot more games. Obviously the margin of error is, is wider or errors, maybe the wrong word, the margin for having, you know, good memorable moments. But when you get to the finals and you have one of those moments, that's when it becomes sort of an iconic moment, right? It's it's the ones that you, you really don't forget. And you can do it before the finals. Robert Ory's three against the Kings. You mentioned Kawhi's shot. It can happen, but I, it, it hasn't happened yet this postseason. And uh, maybe it happens tonight. I don't know. I hope so. I'm waiting for it. And the only reason... Right. By the way, I, I, I'm sorry I was like being ombudsman that I said it wasn't 55. I'll tell you why I remember Memphis beat Golden State by 39 because the most lopsided loss in NBA playoff history happened in the New Orleans Hornets. And I remember having to sit there oh. and endure them losing to the Nuggets by 58 in New Orleans, by the way. It was the wor- it, it was, I mean, it's what 
basketball hell looks like. It was that bad. And so wow. anytime there's been a a like big blowout in the postseason, I kind of start following late in like the fourth quarter. I'm like, can they can they break fifty eight? Can they please break fifty eight? But it's it's never even come close to happening. So that's one that the New Orleans franchise will probably hold on to forever. By the way, do you have your tickets to the Yacht Rock show at Rock and Bowl this Friday? If I wasn't heading home to Central New York on Saturday, I would be there. No, Dave, I, I do I do not. But um but oh. if but if you did, I would go I would, I would yeah, I don't. I don't I'm mean, just not 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 the thing is the yacht rock tune, Dave. You want a little player? You want a little baby come back? Just 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 go. I mean anything. <laughs> well, I'm not really prepared, all right. Oh, you actually want me to do it? I'm waiting. Oh, uh, I need the words. I need the words. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll baby, come back. You can blame it all on me. I was wrong. And I just can't get you back. Didn't that work? I mean, oh. you're the Yacht Rock guy. Why are you asking me? I am, yeah. yeah. Oof, that, yep. was, that, was, that was rough, man. Pathetic. That was rough. You're hurting me. Yeah, it was bad. But uh, you know, if you if you you had me on and just asked me to drop a Beastie Boys song, I would just I wouldn't even hesitate. I'm a little I'm a little disappointed. Right. I'm right. A little disappointed in you, Dave. I can't lie. Uh, all right, one more thing before we let you run, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on this morning. Um, you mentioned being where you are in Mobile. There hasn't there wasn't a ton of NBA talk, right? Even though they should all brood for Herb Jones and the Pelicans. Um, they're they're you know they're covering college baseball a little bit. I mean, it's so much about SEC football where you are. And right. with the, you know, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher back and forth, that was some great content. It was kind of ridiculous in a lot of ways, but it was it was fun. It it I don't want to say it completely overshadowed what happened at SEC meetings. It was kind of all the talk going in and then no coach wanted to address it. But it was written about a ton, whereas if it never happens I, I think that the scheduling discussion aspect of the SEC meetings maybe gets even more play than it did instead of, oh, my God, what's Jimbo going to say about Nick? What's Nick going to say about Jimbo? What are all the other coaches going to say? Which is basically uh, nothing. So as far as the future of the SEC football goes when it comes to scheduling, right, you add Texas, you add OU, what do you think the SEC should do? With football scheduling, and what do you think they will do? Well, those are good questions. Uh, I don't have any idea what they will do. I think the idea of the nine SEC games is better for the SEC. Is it better for all the teams in the SEC, the Mississippi States, the Tennessees, the Ole Misses? Maybe not. But, go, but, Scott, go look at that Alabama home schedule this year. It's awful. They have like A and M and Auburn, and that's it. Nick Saban's going to go off when they're beating everybody by forty, and nobody's sitting there in the fourth quarter because the, the, the teams are bad. Who cares? Yeah. Right. Uh, so it's it's not a great home schedule. So they need to do better with the SEC. Um, I do like that. As it turns out, Alabama's got a home and home with Texas. None of this playing in Dallas. None of this playing in Atlanta or in Orlando or Miami. You know, it's pretty cool, right? Uh, Alabama fans are going to Austin this year. That'll be a lot of fun, although it's an 11 a.m. game, but so what? Uh, and then next year, Texas comes here. So that's much better than these 
you know, pay for play games that you got to travel to get to. Nine game, nine conference games, I think would would help a lot with the net. They're going to get a ton of money with a TV deal, but I think I think having an extra conference game would make up for some of the money lost, or you know, I, like. How much, like, if you if you did that instead of one of these neutral side games, if you will, or if it's a money game, which is costing you money, uh, guarantee game, whatever you want to call it, I think it would be fun. You could do, you know, four and four, have you know, four 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 rotating basis, and then one permanent rival. I mean, you could you could do really well with it, and yet, I think they're gonna they're gonna do what they can to stick to some kind of eight game model because. You know, they're waiting on the college football playoff. They don't want to do anything that would risk them getting as many teams into that as possible. And I think they don't want to be uh, cannibalizing one another. I think that's their biggest concern. And so I don't I don't I think they're ultimately just going to somehow stick some kind of way. They're going to I don't know how what the setup's going to be, but they're going to stick to eight games. Well, it is interesting because when you say you're going to have the one permanent opponent, some of these teams in the SEC have two uh, rivalries, right? Uh, Auburn has Alabama and Georgia. Georgia has Auburn and Florida, right? Alabama has Auburn, Tennessee. LSU doesn't have any. LSU doesn't have any big rivalries. The only rival is Alabama because they're so good. They tried to make it Arkansas. That didn't work. It has become A&M as of recently. Right. That's because of the seven overtime game. But LSU barely has one specific rival in the SEC, where some of these other teams have two right and so when you narrow it down to one team it's uh as a permanent deal it's going to be a little bit tough for some of these rivalries yeah, that that's if that was my idea if they went to nine i don't think they do that right if they don't go to nine and ultimately i don't think they will but no to your point look lsu had a rivalry with Tulane many many years ago and right. It, right. It, it you know since since the SEC, you know, kind of became what it was, they forced the Golden Boot Arkansas thing that never really caught on. Uh, and then A and M came in, and it kind of felt like there might be something here. But with Texas returning to the SEC, you know where that arch rivalry is going to be. Uh, but then you yep. have Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's going to feel. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma are coming in, and Texas already has you know two rivals. So uh, no, LSU's never really had. That that they they've kind of had teams on a rotating basis that they despise and hate, but not that one permanent. I mean, even even Florida, if you want to talk about arch rival, I mean, it's it's probably not even a team in the conference. It's it's Florida State, right? If you were talking about number one overall rival, so you know the, the term rivalry gets thrown around a ton in sports, but the ultimate rivalry, true arch rivals, maybe it's a little more. I don't know, rarer than we give it. I feel like people are way too judicious with the word rivalry when it comes to sports, Dave, right? I guess so. I mean, who's the Cajun's rival? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, for years in basketball, it was Western Kentucky. And in baseball, it was South Alabama. And, you know, you, you, you they make it seem like, and then in basketball, Western Kentucky left briefly, it was Georgia State and, they may try to be like it's ULM every single year. This is the rivalry, but is it really um, Coastal Carolina? You know, they, the Cajuns can't stay. Maybe, maybe UL and Southern Miss can develop it across the board, but I don't know, man. It's part of it too is like 
whenever you have conference realignment, that can hurt a little bit. I, I feel like the most pure arch rivals are the ones that have just been around for so long, right? Um, you know, Auburn, Alabama, uh, uh, Ohio State, and Michigan, UNC, Duke, and hoops. I mean, there's just not a – there's not – it's – I love rivalries. I love them, right? But I think – even in even in, in in pro sports, right? I mean, the Bucks keep trying to force this whole Saints rivalry thing, and we hate the Saints. And we love beating them, and Saints fans are like, "We hate Atlanta." Like that's 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 right. what you, right. there, there's just I don't know. There's not people aren't judicious enough when they use the word rivalry. They just kind of throw it around out there all the time. Like, oh well, we hate you. We've 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 hated you lately, but we don't hate you forever. A rivalry is like never. It's perpetual, and it's been around for a long time. Agreed. Agreed. I, speaking of uh, Southern Miss, they may be a good one for South Alabama as well. I think Hattiesburg is only an hour away. It was by far the biggest crowd at the baseball game this year. Uh, they're closer than Troy, who they want them to be their rival. I think that Southern Miss is going to be a nice fit in the Sun Belt. It's, Where's La Tech? Yeah. Do they still have a sports program? What are they doing? Yeah. Well, boy. <laughs> yeah, Conference USA, talk about bottom feeder of the of the of the group of five in football it's suddenly dead last it is uh it, they did all that moving they spent years in the whack to try to get into kusa by the time they did they acted like it was a giant victory but kusa wasn't what it used to be and louisiana tech sitting there acting like you know you know it's like the as far as the conference goes it's that meme of the the little cartoon comic of the dog and the, and the burning house it's like this is fine like that's that's La Tech right. when it comes to the conference right now. They just they can say what they want about how great it is, but uh, but no, it, it it ain't. And I don't know, man. It's I, this. Who would have thought that when conference realignment started ten years ago and all these teams were leaving the Sun Belt and Carl, you know, Benson Yin, where, where Yang when everyone else was yinning. I don't know if I probably just misused that term, but you know what I mean. He. He 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 zigged when everyone zagged. There you go. In uh, in you know oh what's he doing? He's getting these schools that aren't even you know uh, FCS in football yet or FB you know it, it, FBS in football yet. In the end, it worked out really well for him. And now the the Sun Belt is sitting there and they are they are sitting a lot more pretty than Conference USA right now. I, I don't know that anyone would have predicted that ten years ago. I'm with you. It's looking good. I, I, if I was the Sun Belt, I would have tried to get La Tech in. Um, I would have let bygones be bygones. I would have looked at the bigger picture because it would have been outstanding, as you mentioned, for rivals. For ULM's got a team up there. You know, the Cajuns and La Tech hate each other. They both have these really good basketball programs, really good baseball programs, pretty good football programs. I think it would have been better off, but certainly no love loss that La Tech's not in there. They they did it to themselves. Yep. ESP and Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Dave Schultz has been our guest. Shut up, Dave. Um, Dave can be can I get another on, shot, Prather? Can I get another shot? Cast. Of course, bring it. I'm not talking about moving in, and I don't want to change your life. But there's a warm wind blowing, the stars are out, and I'd really love to see it tonight. Nailed it! I nailed hurting me. I mean, you, you remembered the words. I'll give you that. You remember well, the words. Yeah, that's half of it. Yeah. Well done. Well done. You got you got half of it right. Well done. Dave Schultz has been our guest, the Yacht Rock connoisseur. Dave, man, it's uh, it's been fun. I hadn't talked to you in a while. I appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, 
Look forward to talking again in the future, buddy. Thanks for thanks for cutting your workout off early to come on the show. Sunbelt Media Days? Two. Are we going to see you at Sunbelt Media Days, brother? Probably. So. I was there last year. I, I mean, I, I have no reason to not be there this year. Now, when is it again? Because I might have something on my schedule. I don't know. And aren't they aren't they spreading it into two? Oof, that might that actually might be the worst time for me. The, the Sun Belt decided, you know what? It's not a good idea to go up against the SEC. Let's do it the next week, which of course they always had, but you know the people in charge didn't realize that. Now they have. Life is all about making adjustments. Good job by the Sun Belt. And now it's on two days. I, I'm not lying to you, it Dave. Is, so here. the last week of July is when. Uh, my whole family is going to be in town, and I see the whole. I see all of them about once a year. So I may not be there. If I do, I'll be in and out quickly. I mean, last year, you know, okay. I went down and stayed and, and did a show and stuff. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it this year. I don't. I don't like this last week in July. Go go back to the middle of July. I don't like this last week in July stuff. Make it happen. I got nothing for you. No, no, make it happen. Pull some strings. You have some pull over there. You're in Alabama. Go just go to the media offices. Go, go to the SEC offices. Knock on the door. Tell them. Tell them that you know. Tell them to, to to tell the Sun Belt to not worry about them and go back to what they're doing. I don't know. Figure it out. Do something. Yeah, but last year, Scott, they 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 competed with the last day of the SEC, right? And they got two new coaches uh, at. Um, uh, South Alabama and Arkansas, right? And wouldn't you know it, that was the day they were competing with Auburn and Arkansas at the SEC. Who do you think the, the limited media is going to be able to cover? July 26th and 27th. I'm looking at it now. I don't know. I don't know, right. brother. Hopefully I will, but it may not work this year. Were you there last year? I was not because I was, yeah. I was in Birmingham with I the SEC. I don't remember seeing you last year, yeah. Well, yeah, I got I, you know I stuck around. I ended up getting Brian Harson and Bonet. Pretty good. <laughs> well done. All right, man. I appreciate it, Dave. Have a good one, brother. Thanks, Scotty. Thank you, Dave Schultz. His awful singing voice. Signing off. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, the uh, two golf tours. What Charles Schwartzel said when he took home nearly $5 million, at least he was honest about it, and what Rory McIlroy is saying about the Live Tour, we'll get back into NBA Finals talk and college baseball. Tennessee goes down, and many celebrate. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll be right back right after this. What's up, Acadiana? This is Rich Eisen. Check out the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from noon to 3 and get your sports fix right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Sports talk that's so legit, it smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show on a Monday. 
ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I did not watch a second of golf this weekend. I don't plan on ever watching a second of the Live Golf Tour. Charles Schwartzel won $4.75 million. He won the individual and a four-man team competition there. And basically said afterwards, yeah, I, I just, I really needed the money. Guys going through um, legal issues, maybe in their marriages, guys going that have gambling issues and others that just want a big bag. Those are the guys on the Live Golf Tour. Backed by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, a wealth fund shared by the crown prince of Saudi Arabia and the man who a U.S. intelligence report named as responsible for executing a journalist in 2018. Of course, Saudi Arabia has tons of um, criticism for their executions and human rights groups for years have, have been after them. And really, it, it's why this thing is so controversial. Meanwhile, on the PGA side of things, Roy McIlroy won the 2022 Canadian Open. Shot eight under 62. Tony Finau finished second. McIlroy said afterwards, McIlroy, who has continually been one of the loudest critics of the Live Golf Invitational Series, said, and I quote, I was speaking to a few people yesterday, and one of the comments was, any decision that you make in your life that's purely for money usually doesn't end up going the right way. Obviously, money is a deciding factor in many things in this world, but if it's purely for money, it never seems to go the way you want. On Saturday, when he finished tied for the lead, he said, I'm pretty sure what's going to happen over the final 18 holes here is going to be more entertaining than what other golf was played this week anywhere else. He also threw shade at Greg Norman, the front man for the Live Golf Tour, when he talked about his victory and said, 21st PGA Tour win, one more than someone else. He was speaking directly about Norman. And then you got the U.S. Open, which starts on Thursday. Uh, I'm a Rory McIlroy fan now. Shout out, Rory. Well done. I'm with you. And I'll be rooting for you in the U.S. Open now. Call them all out. Call them all out. All of them. Every single one. ESPN Lafayette, kind of a serious topic there for a second. We need to, I don't know. I feel like we need to, we need to, we need a segue. We need a quick break. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Great Scott Show continues. We will hop back on with the Tennessee Volunteers baseball team. If you didn't miss, if you missed some of the show earlier today, they managed to pull something off in their loss that no sports team in history has been able to do. No sports team in history has been able to do it. And it's not a stat, but it is a fact. 
I'll tell you what that is when we come back right after this. This is ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. It's the Great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. Sports talk that's so legit, it smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette. E to the S, to the P, to the N. The best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. NBA Finals Game 5 tonight. Catch the action on our airwaves, ESPN Lafayette, 103.3 on the FM, 14.20 on the AM, streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app, where you also get access to all of our content from the website, on-demand listening for this show, the podcast. You can hear it there. You can also hear it and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all that good stuff. Down goes Tennessee. You know, in the college baseball world, it's hard to become a team that everyone hates for baseball reasons. Oregon State had a moment where everyone was rooting against them in the World Series because of their decision to play a player that had a dark past and had um, molested a child. And, and I'm not trying to get... My point is, I, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about off-the-diamond stuff. I'm talking about on the diamond. To become a team... In that sport at the college level that outside of their fan base is just despised, it's hard to do. You know, to become despised in sports, you got to, one, win a bunch. And then you can really get it going if you're really braggadocious about it all, Right? See, Tennessee managed to skip a number of steps because, yeah, they won a lot of games in the regular season this year. But they never won a national championship in baseball. A couple years ago, they were 7-21 and in the SEC. They weren't even good. In this year, I mean... Pimping the bat flip every time they hit a long ball. Giving the other team and opposing fans the number one middle finger. Tony Canelo bumping the chest of umpires. Their head coach bumping umpires chest, getting kicked out of games. All the while, talking trash and beating everyone by a lot. Until this weekend in the Super Regional when Notre Dame took two out of three and it wasn't a fluke and it wasn't like the Volunteers had 12 errors and couldn't do anything right. They just straight up got beat. 
And I had never seen so many tweets on my timeline of people celebrating a Notre Dame win in anything. But it wasn't because they were celebrating the Irish. No offense to the Notre Dame fans out there. Enjoy it. You got a great team. You got a good chance in Omaha. But it was because they couldn't stand Tennessee. You see, I compared Tennessee yesterday to teams like the 82-83 Houston Cougars, five slam Jamma, to the 98 Minnesota Vikings, the Randall Cunningham Renaissance, which only lasted, which only lasted one season but was, was great, a great season for him when Brad Johnson got hurt early in the year. It was Randy Moss's rookie year, and he and Chris Carter and Robert Smith, and they were just dominating. The 97-98 Utah Jazz, which won 63 games, and just if they had played in any other time other than the, the peak Bulls and MJ and all that, they, they probably would have won a championship. The 2001 Seattle Mariners, who won 116 games and didn't even get to a World Series. The reason I compared them to those teams is because those teams are some of the greatest teams ever to not win a championship, but have also never won a championship in the history of each of those franchises slash programs. Houston Hoops never won a national title. Vikings never won a Super Bowl. Mariners never won a World Series. Jazz never won an NBA Finals. Tennessee never won a baseball national championship. The only difference is those teams weren't hated and despised. I'm not saying everybody was rooting for them, but there wasn't any kind of animosity. There wasn't this huge celebration of, oh my God, the Vikings just got upset by the Falcons. Let's all go dirty bird everywhere. Falcons fans were doing it, but no one else. I mean, come on. Tennessee did something no great team that didn't win at all has ever done. They managed to get everyone to dislike them, even though they never won a national championship. You could bring up the 07 Patriots. Oh, great team, didn't win at all. Well, yeah, they'd already won multiple Super Bowls. Of course, people were rooting against them. But... Tennessee? Uh Uh-uh. Couldn't even get to the College World Series. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Jay Walker will be in in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll do Terrible Tune Tuesday. Hour number one tomorrow. Open phone lines. We'll talk plenty about NBA Finals Game 5. Thanks for tuning in. Big thanks to all the listeners, to Dave Schultz for popping on. For a surprise cameo from Brad Topham in the 7 o'clock hour. If you missed any of today's show... Go check it out later on demand via the podcast. Dan Patrick shows next. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.